0: That was Chris Tomblin. Hello, dear friends. Jeff Grant here, pastor of Serena Uniting Church. You're listening to Radio Church on 4CRM Mackay, 107.5 FM. And I pray, and have been praying, that you'll be blessed today as you join in our praise and teaching time. I'd like to begin with a brief prayer. Will you join me? Our Father, we're here to worship you in our homes. Or wherever we are listening, may your Holy Spirit open our hearts and our minds to your word and to your songs of praise and give us new insight, Lord, and power in our relationship with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Holy Bible says, Dear ones, for Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God, being put to death in the body. But being made alive by the Spirit. And now before we begin our message today, let's hear from Graham Kendrick as he sings, Lead Me to the Cross. Church on 4 Sower in Mackay 107.5 FM. I'm Jeff Grant and I've called my message today Qualities for Life and Eternity. Now I intend this to be the first of two messages and the second, God willing, uh, to be broadcast on the 4th of July. So I've called this Qualities for Life and Eternity. And I've taken this message from the Gospel of Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the first six verses. God willing, I'll see the next ones next month. Now, now Jesus Christ, God's Son, He came to earth as a man to provide for us the way to heaven, and then to teach us how to live an abundant life on the earth while we're living here. Now, in this Sermon on the Mount, Jesus sets out the qualities for eternity, which He wants us to achieve during our journey on earth. They are the character of a disciple, the follower of Jesus. Now today in part one, we look at the first four qualities I've called the four passive personal qualities. Matthew 5, 1-6 Now when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Now the first point is from verse 3. And I've called this spiritual inadequacy. That's the first of the earthly and eternal passive qualities we're going to look at this morning. Verse 3 says again, Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Or you could also read that as, oh, the happiness of those who feel inadequate. <laughs> now, now, this does not mean, dear friends, people who are at the bottom of the socio economic ladder. That's what this poor means. It doesn't mean that. It is the poor in spirit, not the poor in pocket. You know, there's no automatic blessing for being poor. God doesn't particularly pick out the poor and bless them over the not-so-poor. And there's certainly no virtue in poverty. Now, there are two Greek words for poor. One means something, or rather someone who has nothing extra. They've just got enough to live on. And the other means someone who's got nothing at all. They're destitute. Now, this second word, the destitute poor, is what Jesus uses here.
1: Now, the point he makes is that this is a person who is completely
0: conscious of his absolute spiritual bankruptcy. And so he or she is totally dependent on God. And this poor person knows they are a sinner, they're a failure and she achieving any, any lasting goodness or, or any sense of purity. Martin Luther wrote, We are all beggars living on the bounty of God. But here in this passage, in this verse, 3 of Matthew 5 Jesus commending the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven now their poverty of spirit leads to spiritual affluence or abundance wow that's really a paradox isn't it all human and spiritual growth Jesus says here is based on our conviction of inadequacy the proud cannot grow the self sufficient cannot grow the complacent cannot grow and are self-satisfied, they cannot grow either. Dear ones, only the poor in spirit may grow up into the likeness of Christ. And this is what Jesus is setting out here. He's setting out the qualities of the kingdom of heaven, the qualities for life and eternity. Beloved, do you consider yourself to be poor in spirit? Someone who needs the spirit of Jesus in them to change their life. I'm going to play a lovely song for you by Jim Reeves. It's called, It Is No Secret What God Can Do. Here's Jim Reeves.
2: The child. Man. Uh-huh.
0: church uh, 107.5 fn and i'm talking about the qualities for life and eternity and i've just mentioned the first quality which
1: is spiritual inadequacy the second is spiritual
0: regret that's the next earthly and eternal passive quality that jesus mentions here blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted or you could actually read it as, how happy are the penitents? <laughs> the, real, the real people who feel sorry for their sins and their failures in the past. There's a blessing to people like that. But it's a real paradox, isn't it? It could be translated, how happy are the unhappy? Now, a lot of people are miserable in this life. And Jesus said that this is a way to know God. This is a way to grow in spiritual life, especially if you're a Christian. This second quality is a direct
1: result of the first. The poverty of spirit leads to spiritual regret.
0: This regret does not mean only bereavement, although that's certainly a powerful thing that you have regretting those who have passed away. It doesn't mean just that. Instead, the idea is the deepest kind of grief, the sorrow of personal sin, and personal failures. It's our slowness to grow into the likeness of Christ if we're Christians. You know, we mourn over our spiritual inadequacy and bankruptcy. And dear ones, believers in Jesus Christ can fall into two extremes of attitude regarding regret. Uh, one is to believe that we must never be joyful or laughing. We must go through life with a sad look on our face. But the other is that we must always be joyful and laughing. Now, King Solomon, in the Old Testament, in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, he wrote this, There is a time for everything under the sun. A time to weep, and a time to laugh. A time to mourn, and a time to dance. Beloved, we grow up into spiritual maturity only through sorrow. I'll say that again, it's worth repeating. We only grow up into spiritual maturity through sorrow. Jesus promises here in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 4, that there will come a time when we have learnt through our failings and so we are comforted. Now, human and spiritual growth are the product of people who see themselves honestly. We don't tell lies to ourselves about ourselves we have to recognize our tendency to wander. Wander from the good path. Wander from the right path. Wander from the narrow way. Isaiah the prophet wrote this, We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And a songwriter of last century wrote, Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Beloved it's only with this conviction that God brings about change in us. All of us then Isaiah also read I know this is what Paul wrote. <laughs> Paul wrote this in Second Corinthians chapter three verse eighteen. All of us then reflect the glory of the Lord with uncovered faces, and that same glory comes from the Lord who is the Spirit, transforms us into his likeness with ever greater degree of glory. Isaiah also wrote of God. I dwell in a high and holy place, God says, but also with the contrite and lowly of spirit. God himself changes the lives of the poor in spirit and the regretful. Just a reminder here, just pause for a moment that these attributes are the result of first trusting in Christ. They are potentially the consequences of saving faith. They're not the way, they're not the way to get saved. These things happen to us after we believe in Jesus and His Holy Spirit comes to live in us. And so Jesus explains here that the qualities of life in eternity are a result of us growing in Him. Now, how would you rate yourself in terms of personal honesty about your sin, your failures? How would you describe yourself we'll pause for a moment and we're going to hear from Matt Redman bless the Lord oh my soul here's Matt Redman 4CRM 107.5 FM and this is Radio Church and I'm sharing with you a message I've called Qualities for Life and Eternity we looked at the first two parts spiritual inadequacy and then spiritual regret they are two of the earthly and eternal passive qualities that Jesus is explaining here in the Sermon on the Mount now the third one comes from verse 5 blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth spiritual humility this is point three is the third earthly and eternal passive quality blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth or you could read it as how happy are the humble now humility is said to be the prince of virtues all other virtues in life stem from being humble, because that's the only stance we can have where we're going to be learners in any way in this life. People who aren't humble don't learn. They just believe what they believe. Humility is not esteemed in this world. It's not highly regarded by by anyone on earth. and, and fr- Actually, it's seen as abnormal. Um, but humility poetically speaking is more like an exotic or strange blossom in our foggy and sooty world. Don't you like that? Humility is more like an exotic or strange blossom in our foggy and sooty world. It's so unusual, but it's so precious in the eyes of God. Meekness, as we're talking about here, or humility, is far more than a mild disposition. It actually originally meant a horse that had been broken and tamed. The idea of immense power, under control, able to be led and directed. Can you just picture that? A wild stallion that's been captured, that it kicks and bucks and and carries on, but gradually, uh, with with an intelligent riding and whispering and so forth, that horse has tamed and become, become so powerful and useful. Neatness, I have to say, is best seen in the passion of Christ himself. Now, Jesus allowed himself to be taken into custody, then placed before four illegal courts, both Jewish and Gentile. He was uh, taken into two of the Sanhedrin courts in two different homes before dawn. That was illegal. And then he was sent to, to, to Herod. And then, uh, both times, and then after that, and before that, he was sent to Pontius Pilate. And all these four illegal courts found him guilty because he said, I am the Son of God. And then after that, he was abused and beaten horribly before finally being crucified, nailed to the cross, beside two criminals. But you may remember that he told the crowd and his disciples at the time of his arrest in the Garden of Gethsemane, that he could call upon legions of angels to protect him. Just one angel can destroy the earth. So angels have immense power. And Jesus could have called upon all these angels who would have stopped him dying on the cross, but that that wasn't his purpose. He chose to follow his father's plan and his father's directions and submit to all this injustice and perversity so that you and I could believe in him his death and then his resurrection that has paid the penalty for all our sin and given us the right to be redeemed by God be reconciled to God and made righteous in the eyes of God and in terms of Jesus' own life all this led to the glory of Christ in heaven where he's going to return one day which all creation you and I, everyone will one day see and understand some to mourn and and be angry and grieve, and others like Christians to rejoice and delight. So again here in this verse we have a promise with this attribute that the meek will inherit the earth. Not the aggressive, not the proud, certainly not the ruthless. These have no eternal future. But the meek have an eternal inheritance. I have to ask you, Would you see yourself as a humble person? Are you teachable? Are you a learner? And if you are, God says, you are among the meek if you believe in Jesus, and you will inherit the earth. Let's pause for a moment and hear from Steve Green, one of my favorite singers, as he brings to us He who began a good work in you. strong crm 107.5 FM and this is Radio Church. And I'm sharing with you a message I've called Qualities for Life and Eternity. We've looked at three qualities which I've called passive ones. Spiritual inadequacy, spiritual regret and spiritual humility. And now there's one more in verse 6 and that is spiritual longing. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Spiritual longing is the last of the four earthly and passive eternal qualities I'm sharing with you today, from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And I got this idea from a wonderful book uh, called Spiritual Maturity by J.O. Sanders. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Or you could read it as, how happy are the, are the unsatisfied. People who are unsatisfied, Jesus said, who are Christians, uh, are going to receive that spiritual longing that they're hungering for. Now, this speaks of people who have a, literally an insatiable desire, not for happiness, not for success, not for pleasure, but after righteousness. That is a right relationship with God and with other people. And and a relationship that leads to godly character and lifestyle. So Jesus says the most blessed person in this life is the one who hungers and thirsts after God himself. Uh, Not just the blessings that God can give, but to know God, to recognize the wonder of who he is, and and to see for yourself all those qualities that God God has. uh, Holiness, righteousness, uh, power and authority. Love and grace and mercy and generosity. That's what God's like and many other qualities. And blessed are those people who hunger and thirst to know God and to receive His righteousness for themselves. Happiness is a byproduct of righteousness or holiness, which many in this life have realized, many over the centuries have realized. And righteousness may only come about initially by trusting in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ as the only basis for God's forgiveness and and His his reconciliation, that we can be put right with God. And nothing that anyone can do, you or me, can ever bring this about. Beloved, it's only by God's grace and faith in His Son, Jesus, the Christ, that makes anyone righteous. So after this salvation, there's a process called sanctification, where people are changed into the likeness of Christ by the Holy Spirit working in us. The promise here in Matthew 5 verse 6 is that those who follow after holiness will be satisfied by their attainment and be filled with the very presence of God. Jesus said, Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, And all the other things you need in life will be provided as well. But seek first to be part of his kingdom and to know and receive his righteousness. Dear ones, I have to ask you, are you seeking to have Jesus' righteousness in you? To start with, to save you. And secondly, to build your character to be like his. Next time, God willing, we will look at Jesus for active social qualities. But now I'd like to offer to you a song by Lenny LeBlanc called "Above All Powers and Above All Kings." Here's Lenny. It's been an absolute pleasure to be with you today And to share this message with you Uh, This ends our Radio Church broadcast On Radio 4CRM Mackay 107.5 FM Now unto Him Who is able to keep you from falling And present you faultless Before the presence of His glory With exceeding joy To the only wise God our Saviour Be glory and majesty Dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. We close with two songs of praise and inspiration from Robin Mark of Belfast. First, There Is No Other Name, and then Guide Me O Thou Great Jehovah. Goodbye, and God bless you till we meet again.
2: Is that?
1: Listening to Radio Church on Four C R M